Hey, this is Sean Tepper, the host of Payback Time, an approachable and transparent podcast on financial independence. I'd like to bring on guests who hear authentic stories while giving you actionable takeaways you can use today. Let's go. My next guest created a SaaS business that is similar to DoorDash, but helps with more than food delivery. They consider themselves a last mile concierge service, which can deliver food, medications, dry cleaning, and more. They launched in a few cities in the US, but found strong traction in Ohio, of all places, where their projected revenues are on track to exceed 2.5 million in 2023. In this episode, we talk about how they market the company and how they will scale this SaaS in the B2B space. Please welcome Cameron Black. Cameron and Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. All right, we'll start with quick introductions here. Cameron, if you could, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Well, my name's Cameron, as you know, I'm the CEO and founder of the Swiftly Group, so 24-hour on-demand concierge platform. My background is uh, I studied computer science back at university. Um, I worked a bunch of IT consultative roles, research analyst uh, businesses, um, and I sort of fell into last mile logistics towards the end of my career after taking a voluntary redundancy. And I found the biggest frustration was the gap in the market was, you know, we wanted things here now and yesterday, and the current technology available in the market wasn't offering that. So we just um, embarked on a journey to try and solve that problem. Nice, nice. We'll jump into Swiftly here in a moment. But Paul, I need to know, what is your background? I started out as a, a graphic designer uh, for broadcast. Um, I got really interested in the technological aspects of a lot of things. Worked in some, did some aerospace, medical, dental. And uh, as things progressed... I was already drifting into the technological space as far as like apps and, and uh, social, but then COVID hit and then you're met with the practicality of using technology to help you live your life. And then fortunes happened and I got introduced to Cameron and uh, I was really struck by the mission and how human it is. And so uh, that was really attractive. And I've been on board and on the Swiftly team for about a year. Gotcha. Okay, a year. So let's go back to the beginning here. What year was Swiftly founded? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Okay. And what what does this company do? So we um, we provide in a normal world you'd call it last mile logistics, but we like to coin the phrase on demand concierge services. And the reason being is that we don't just deliver a product uh, or a package to you. We cater for you as the individual or a busy professional, your needs. So, Sean, you're coming into town. What do you want? You want a nice meal. You want us to grab your luggage for you so you can go and see a show at the theater. Plus, you've got a flight, you know, the next evening. You need all of these errands run, but you want to enjoy your day in London. We come in and we fill that gap for you so you can just do what you want to do. And effectively, what we are almost selling is... One thing that no one can really buy, which is the, the quantitative of time. So we take care of not just delivering a product or service to you, but all the other things that would just make your life more easy and efficient. Got it. And can you give us an example of some of your top competitors? There are, I won't per se call them competitors. There are other businesses in the industry that do similar, similar things. I mean, the crowd gig community um, is ever growing in landscape, but right about now, what we're doing is really unique to the market because there isn't any business you can, without naming any competitors or, uh, in detail, that do exactly what we do. And if you did want to mention, let's look at DoorDash, uh, for example. 
yes, they can do, um, you know, they can pick up your CVS or whatever for you, but can they also take your package to the post office? And can they also perhaps mm-hmm. maybe, you know, grab your medication and do a few other things that you need to do? No, they can't. Everything is sort of like in a box and in and in an inventory listed. And where, whereas us, we're at slightly outside the box. Do we have the same riders and drivers? In some cases, we do. But what we offer is you giving giving you that um, ability to just say what you want, where you want it, and when you want it, and we'll make it happen for you the best we can. Got it. And are you uh, a monthly membership model or, or a SaaS? We have two two revenue models, and one is the monthly subscription model. So you pay and you get that service, and also. We do offer the uh, on de- what we call it ad hoc, but the on demand service where you don't have to subscribe to our services, but you can use us as of when you need to. Got it. It's kind of like a pay per use model. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Can you break down the fees for us? It's slightly complex because it depends on what you need, right? So, um, what we how I like to call it, how I like to coin it, which is very simple, is for a day, it'll cost you $12, $12 to use our service. That's roughly just shy, um, without taxes, just shy of five, five grand, right? So for, for that in membership, you get what you need, everything and anything within your subscription. If you were to come in and say, right, I just need your services for a Trader Joe's shop and grab me some flowers, depending on distance and mileage and time, we'll charge you based on that. But the average uh, cost per use would be just shy of $20 dollars per use. Okay. How do do you have some kind of calculator built into your software that calculates based on distance and any other variables? Yeah, we do. We have a model uh, which calculates distance and time, um, and also we have a base fee as well, similar to um, some of the ride sharing platforms, your Lyfts and your Uber, right. um, but just not so heavy in in cost because you're not traveling from a point A to a point B. You might do three or four errands, but it's the reason why we've done that is so we can reward our gig economy staff um, equally and ensure that they're be, being paid right for the, the amount of tasks that they do. Got it. I, I like to drill in the pricing here. We do have a lot of customers that are data driven that listen to this show. Um, so I heard 5,000 before. Did, did I hear that right? Five grand, yeah. Five, is that a yearly membership? A membership, yes. Got it. For in the, Is that like unlimited? Use. Unlimited. We do what you want right across. So uh, you say you got a family of four, you pay five grand a year. We, your son or daughter may be at university. He or she can utilize our services. The household can use it as well. Um, and we just do what you need to get done. And how we came up with that, I mean, if you look at some of the other businesses, if you ask competitors, let's look at some of the con- concierge services out there. Some charge 20, 20, 30, $40,000 a year for equally the same services sure. that we can deliver, you know, for a fraction of the price, which is booking a hotel for you, getting the right price on your flights, bringing in your groceries and all the other errands and just knowing what you like and providing that lifestyle for you. And our motto um, is lifestyle is having everything on demand. We're in the game of trying to make luxury affordable and not pricing people out of the market. Now, before we hit record, we're talking about working through businesses a little bit. Is your play, uh, or my perspective, and you can crack me here, you've got two different ways you can approach this. You can sell directly to consumers, which is a one-by-one-by-one process. It'll take you a while. But the business play, I assume you probably want to build a relationship with like a larger corporation, and this would be almost like a benefit to the employees so the corporation pays. Is that kind of your play? 
Correct, yeah. And it falls back through yeah. the funnel because once obviously yeah. the corporation pays, you get to know who we are. You'd want to use us on an individual basis or recommend us to your friend. And that's where our growth can, will come from. Got it. You say will come from. I assume you haven't sold any corporations quite yet? We have a few. We had a few. I mean, as okay. we started the business out here in the UK. So a little bit of background. We started. I started the business out here in, North, uh, in the UK. Um, as I said to you just offline, if I had come to you back in 2019 or 2018 and said, let me run all these errors for you, you probably would have thought I was crazy. Um, COVID hit, we launched, we beta, we beta tested and beta launched um, around about the um, early part of March within sort of three or four weeks, you know, we were in a full shutdown. Um, so the business and the investments that we had at that point in time, we didn't really have much to go with because A, we relied on Fort 4 coming into the country uh, to be able to service. We didn't have it. And so we had to make do with what we had. And as a full lockdown, everything was closed. We worked with some of the, um, the equivalent Kroger equivalents out here to yeah. service voluntarily through that. We had a fleet of just done, just shy of 300 drivers at that time, but we couldn't continue to, to run the business out here based on the amount of shutdowns that we had. So we pivoted and decided to launch the business in North America. And so relaunching the business in North America, what we did last year was we decided to, to focus on growing the business through some large-scale events. Or, and that was one, um, the Arizona Gulf Open, NASCAR, uh, Super Bowl. Mm. So whereby we weren't actually working directly with these um, service providers, but we knew that footfall was coming into Phoenix. And so if we could tap into that footfall, it would allow us to springboard the business back to where it should be. Uh, and that's exactly what we did. And so in about three weeks' time, we're moving into uh, Cleveland and then Columbus, um, you know, we've got some really good players out there. We, we've got an event with uh, over 120 delegates that are coming known to our business. Um, and some of these are, uh, are already clients. Um, and through that, we we hope to continue to grow uh, our footprint in North America. Gotcha. Do you have any business operating in Europe? We don't. We shifted the whole entire operation. To got it. And the idea was to just try and continue to build out here, out in North America, and pivot back into Europe once things had quieted down. Because what did happen during the COVID-19 was a lot of investment money was being thrown around. So, you know, you had everybody and their auntie setting up a, a delivery business. And so it was very hard to sort of differentiate yourself from the other when London is very small and you've got, you know, eight or nine businesses that are just here now. And, you know, this one's got 200 million here, 20 million there and uh, half a billion of dollars here. Mm -hmm. Amazon's invested. And I mean, we did have uh, an offer. We had an offer um, to, to take part of our business from um, one of the av aviation companies and a large um, retailer who wanted to take 7% of our business uh, and in return, you know, partner with JV with another business that they invested in. But I didn't feel it was right. And I didn't feel that it was the direction that Swiftly wanted to go into. So hence why we just said, look, we're happy to remain in the, the phase, current phase that we are because we have bigger coming and better for us. And the direction the business wants to go in isn't last mile logistics or just delivery. We want to solve a problem. And that's the gap in the market, which is on-demand concierge. That's what right. we do. Now, I look at a business like DoorDash and some of these other food-specific 
um, niches where you you have your drivers trained to do one unique thing and then rinse and repeat. They are literally delivering food. Now, you have a unique model here where I feel like probably your employees or your drivers have to be able to make some heads up plays, which would require probably more, you correct me here if I'm wrong, but a little more rigorous interview process, people that you can throw into the mix and be like, okay, so today you could be delivering food, you could be delivering medications, you could be delivering maybe toys for a pet. I don't know why that jumped in my head. I have <laughs> pets at home, but um, is that correct? Do you have to go through a little more rigorous hiring process? We do. Exactly. Yeah, we do. And um, we have um, our chief operations officer and her team. They meet every single person with, with the Cleveland Lodge. They're meeting every single person that's coming on board. Reason being, it's not because you're a 1099. The reason being is we want everyone to understand we're a business that cares about the people on both sides. And we want to know who's yeah. representing us. But we also want to represent the business well at the same time. So you could be uh, a plumber. Yep. Uh, and you know, you could join our business or you could be an Uber driver and join our business if you can fulfill the tasks that we need you to, um, to fulfill. Uh, because eventually what we want to do is move from the 1099 and just have our staff, you know, as in locations as swiftly concierge. This is who they are. You can p come pick up our team and take them anywhere you want within your jurisdiction. And so we need to go through that process to understand who's coming on board and who eventually we can train up to stay with us permanently. Yeah. How long is the hiring process so from interview day one to, hey, you're, you're operational making money for Swiftly? Are we talking like a one month, two month process? It depends because we have to run background checks as well. So once you had mm -hmm. that, you, you go, you, you get sent a link and you go for a process, which depends sure. on the information you provide. So it could be more or less instantaneously, or it could take a few weeks, uh, but we try to get it done as quick as possible. Okay. All right. Let's jump into marketing here. This might be more for you, Paul, but Cameron, feel free to answer. Uh, sure. A lot of entrepreneurs in our audience this seems to be the biggest challenge. It's like, sure, you can come up with an idea and you can come up with pricing and you can kind of put tech together, but they a lot of people get stuck with marketing. How are you getting this out to the market? Primarily, we started with the notion and then looked at the, did our market researchers found out what was out there. And then we already had a unique selling proposition, which is not necessarily, we don't just do one thing, we do a lot of things and we do things differently than, than the other uh, competitors. We just spoke to that. Uh, we just said, and, and you can easily relate that to our consumers, our users, and even our businesses. You can say, look, consumer, you love DoorDash. You love Instacart. You've, you've used this for the last two years. But you have to admit, Instacart gets it wrong sometimes. What happens when you got to take something back? What happens when you didn't get it right? That's where we step in. That's where we provide the answer. We say, we execute just how you would with your interest in mind. So our unique selling proposition kind of writes itself. It's just you you speak to people frankly and you speak to people clearly. I believe that that's the best way to sort of connect with your marketing or is to just make it plain. So you're, that's your messaging. Are you using any channels? Like do you work through, um, I'm thinking about city organizations. If you like launch in a city, do you connect with like the Chamber of Commerce and go from a more hands-on approach or do you use like targeted ads? Yeah. Yes, we've, we've done both. Uh, we've done uh, regionally targeted ads and we have done Chamber of Commerce outreach and that's been very successful. Right on. Anything else? Any other channels you use? 
Yeah. Sometimes you just go through and, and see what's out there. You know, um, it's just like Google Maps. You look and find out what's go- on Google Maps and who, how much competition there is in a certain area. And then you can reach out to an individual small business and say, look, you know, you're, you're the leader in the area. How would you like us to sort of take responsibility for adding delivery to your small business? And most of them have been thrilled. Cool. Cool. Okay. Just to add to what Paul's saying, in addition to that, we've done a lot and we are doing a lot of events as well. So that's roadshows. Um, like I said, you know, these are people who are interested. So you've had a conversation with me, you know about the business, come along, let's have dinner, let's have some wine and cheese, whatever. Come and learn about, you know, who we are, who we serve, how we can help you. Uh, and we're doing a lot of that. And this uh, this quarter, we'll probably do about four or five events we've got in the budget. Um, as I mentioned, we're doing a city launch in, in, in Ohio, so that's Cleveland, Columbus. We're going back into Phoenix and um, uh, hopefully, you know, if all goes well, we'll be in Dallas next year as well, uh, doing some events. So it's really, I'm all about contact, people, handshakes, and, yeah. you know, show me, not tell me um, is the motto. So we show you, you'll jump on board. And um, that's how we, we've been really winning our business. And also just to mention organic marketing, uh, Paul and Gerald, who also um, heads up our marketing, have done a lot of this kind of like, organic outreach uh, on LinkedIn and other social channels. And these podcasts, I mean, they, they work a treat. Yep. Podcast placements like being on payback time is good. Um, outreach on LinkedIn. Can you walk me through what are you doing there tactically? I mean, it's a little bit away from me, but it's just the conversations of people know, like, and trust you, right? So they know, like, and trust you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about what we do. We meet video conferences our online meetups, uh, these events, coming into apartment buildings and just doing a, a once kind of uh, intro. If you want to join us for a beta in your city, um, just literally just hitting the channels that people speak to, like Paul sure. said, just tell the story. You have a problem. We're here to solve it for you. I mean, what's the worst you're going to say? No, right? And what you're going to lose? Nothing. Uh, it's just time you're giving us. Yeah. When I look at your audience, this is my perspective. I always like brainstorming. So this is kind of where I'm going with this conversation is I look at two audiences that probably need the most help with like a like an all-purpose concierge that can run errands and get food and pick up stuff. The busy professional is one. So going through corporations is one. But I'm also looking at senior living centers. You know, you have people that maybe they sold their car. Now they're in a senior home and their kids are in their 40s or 50s and they're working, they can't run errands. So what do they do? They go to you guys. I'm assuming you've tackled that segment. Exactly that. So Phoenix, as you know, a lot of people go to retire out in Arizona. So which is why one of the reasons why we we gradually just work in our territory out there to ensure that we they know us, they like us, they trust us, and they allow us to serve them um, within their days out there. There is also the opportunity. There are several uh, apps and organizations that do contracts with delivery services and rideshare services. And so they support the senior living. People have medical needs. People have specific transportation sort of like requirements. That's another business opportunity. So it's not only the consumer level thing, but it's also the service oriented thing. And you can partner with existing um, organizations as well. There you go. That's that's more of that business play where you could be uh, mm-hmm. running errands for the business or like an arm, like an extension of their business running those errands. Yeah. Right. 
Um, Quick segue here. Do you guys have to have any unique certifications or anything you have to take care of before you allow people to run errands with like what I think of like medications or anything that can be a little more sensitive? It's becoming a bit more regulated now, but it's just for me in the initial stages, it was just being careful, but we have the right insurances in place now. People are getting background checks, you know, uh, we're ensuring that we have the right types of people. And, you know, when you look at sort of um, pharmaceutical, for instance, it may be that the pharmacist, him or herself, has their own sort of people they want to deliver, but they just don't have the necessary tools or technology to do so. So we come in, and as Paul quite uh, mentioned, look, that small plug-in API, it's fulfilled by us because obviously we've got the infrastructure, you're not being charged hefty fees, and you're not being restricted to what you see is what you get. And, you know, it's a, it's a big market out here. Um, if we look at concierge, we also look at the um, the logistics or the last tenth of a mile logistics. The bigger players in the market, yes, they own it, but they have a challenge. And the biggest challenge is they don't understand the landscape like people like us, you know, and they don't have a fleet like us. So they go out and they hire a fleet. What better person to do business with is a business that has the fleet, a trained fleet, understands it, and can fulfill that last part of it for you, you know, Last mile. Yeah. yeah. Like like you said at the beginning. Yeah, I hear you. The last mile is always a difficult problem for a lot of people to solve. And you are there um, with, you know, you're utilizing a company and a team of uh, not employees, but these are independent contractors mm-hmm. and their own vehicles. They have the right insurance. You go through the right hiring rigor to make sure you're bringing on trustworthy people with some good experience and they can handle multiple responsibilities. Yeah, I could see you going to a business that they're like, hey, we we don't have the money to invest in a whole fleet of vehicles or the ability to train a whole bunch of employees. Can your business solve this last mile problem? There you go. Yeah. That, yeah. And that's literally what happened in 28, uh, 2019, 2020. Um, and as I said, you know, we at the time we got that um, our first investment or potential first investment. Sure. We we're in the second lockdown. We we're in June 2020. We had to say no to like you know near enough 400,000 USD. No, we can't take your money because we can't fulfill the business. We need to start again. And you know, you can imagine what my face looked like when you have companies like Gorilla, and I'm going to mention them: Gorilla, Gitier, um, what, yeah. what are these guys called? The college guys um, out of uh, Pennsylvania that are now GoPuff. No, um, I mean, these businesses have been around for a long time, but that was a pivotal time for them where they just kind of like just exploded. And there's little us knocking on people's doors, 100 doors a day saying, listen, we yeah. can do this for you. And people thought we were crazy. So when this blew up, for me, it was like, Haha, I told you so. But no, we're not going to give you part of our business. We're going to sit back and rebuild our business. And that's what we've done. You know, and us going into Cleveland and people say, why do you want to make it in Ohio? Because we can make it in Ohio. We can make it anywhere in the U.S. <laughs> Midwest play. Yeah. I'm based in Milwaukee. It, it, that's the yeah. rule. Like if you can start a business and it can survive in the Midwest, it can survive yeah. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're you're just a few hundred miles away from me. Um yeah. No, I, I see. I take a step back looking at this business. I see the B2C play probably a harder effort, much harder than that B2B you get with the right senior living care centers or organizations or the right businesses. That's where the needle really moves in your business. That, my opinion, at least. Yeah. Exactly. And you're totally right. You know, I mean, the apartment buildings, we're serving concierge, right? So you're in a big building, it's 400 people. I live in an apartment building, let's say, when I'm in Phoenix. 
there's a ton of things I need. I don't always want to be out. It's hot, right? And I, I was there a few months ago. It was so hot. It was like just over 100. You want ice cream. You want water. You want whatever you need, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yep. how do I get these things and continue to run my business and manage a team? You need someone to just come in and fill that gap. A PA, uh, a personal assistant, an EA, and they're expensive. But if you get yeah. Swift now, we can make that happen for you with just a few clicks. I, I almost look at it like like an all-encompassing go-to person in organizations is like a project manager. Somebody that you can throw at multiple problems and just get it done. I don't have to worry about you. Get it done. You'll figure it out. Like a, It's almost like a project manager with wheels, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Yes. That's what you're looking for. That's your ideal candidate. Yeah. And as you mentioned, you know, we have the personas, the busy professionals, the consumer to business uh, model. Is it difficult? Yes, it is. But is it impossible? No, it's not. Right. But how do we get to the consumer? We need to go through the businesses. That's why, as you mentioned, the apartment buildings, the hotels, the corporations, they start doing the evangelization for us and everybody else tells their mum and their aunt and away we go. Yeah. And that's, yeah. What's been, that's what supported us too today. I mean, and that's what's going to continue to help us grow. Sure, sure. Let's take a quick commercial break. Do you feel like stock investing is too confusing, too time consuming or too risky? It doesn't have to be. If you ever considered investing on your own, but you don't know where to start, I welcome you to check out Ticker. Ticker guides you through your investment journey by steering you towards safe investments and away from risky investments. There were two main reasons why I created Ticker. Number one, I wanted to remove emotions from investing. In other words, I wanted a software to make buying and selling decisions for me so I don't have to. And number two, I wanted to save time. Analyzing stocks can take hours, if not days, and I didn't want to spend all day looking at the computer. I have other hobbies in life I'd rather be enjoying. If you're interested, you can get started with a free trial. Visit ticker.com. That's T-Y-K-R.com. Again, ticker.com. Well, what I'd like to do next is dive into some of the numbers. Um, so starting off with uh, venture capital, have you raised capital to date? We've, um, it's all been friends and family, private funding at the moment. Okay. Okay. Are you willing to share a, a fund raised number today? Um, I don't have all the numbers with me, um, but I'm quite happy to kind of like just post that in the, uh, the chat so you can put in the show notes if you wish. Sure. Yeah. Offline, we can add it to our, uh, our main promotion is you're featured on our site. That'd be cool to feature how much you raised. Yeah. Um, and then what are your revenues today? Annual revenues? In the, um, and I'll give you our projected revenue uh, for the annual for Ohio. It's um, just shy of three and a half million USD. Nice. Okay. And your, your net profit on that? Um, ideas? I do have um, about 25-ish plus margin. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Decent. Because I'm thinking about contractors, insurance. Yeah, that, that's where I was coming. So about 25% profit margin there. That's yeah. that's decent. Yeah, great. So it sounds like Ohio, that's your flagship market. It, it is. And I mean, we, we, as, as I mentioned, Phoenix is a, a very close and dear to my heart because of the community that, that it serves. So we're continuing to build that. And in, in Phoenix, you know, we're looking um, hopefully double that in the 2024. Yeah. And the majority of your business in Ohio, is it primarily through businesses or is it consumer? It's businesses, um, but we got a, we got a healthy or we, we're getting a healthy um, traction of consumers coming in. Great. Okay. Just that organic word of mouth, I'm sure is how it's working. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Okay. 
And you're in, it sounds like you're in Columbus, Cleveland, right? Cleveland, Columbus, yep. Yeah, Phoenix. Uh, yes, Phoenix, that's Scottsdale and Phoenix uh, downtown. Got it. Dallas is coming soon. Fingers crossed, correct. Yep. Uh, any work on Florida? Well, <laughs> can of we, worms? <laughs> no, no, no. The thing is, we had Florida on the roadmap, but last year, hurricanes sort of come in. Uh, and so, yes. um, yeah, yeah, we, we put that on the back burner for now, but it is something that we will consider again. But it just depends on where the drive comes from. So this goes back to when you asked, well, how do we do uh, marketing? So one of the reasons why we did the Super Bowl and, you know, the golf and the NASCAR was we're trying to find out where people are coming from. So where mm. is the interest coming from? Is it coming from Orlando? Is it coming from North Carolina? Who wants to talk to us? And so where we getting, where we're getting the biggest bites is where we're coming in first. Yeah, that's smart. Those events are like that almost... You uh, you kind of whet the appetite, if you will. You get people like, hey, are you interested in this? You know, yeah. let's see where the conversation goes from there. That's smart. Smart to the audience, listeners out there starting business. Yeah, I always like going to live events, shake as many hands, talk to as many people in a compressed time period and get their temperature on the interest. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that. that's great. We had a rare opportunity uh, to develop a partnership with uh, a local semi-celebrity, Vic Gideon in uh, Cleveland, who has done a remarkable amount of uh, community outreach. And so Cleveland kind of happened quickly. And we were thrilled with the sort of the integration. And not only that, but he introduced us to a bunch of institutional clients, like you were saying, the sort of the senior apartments and stuff. The one of the things that we hadn't considered as a market is early uh, residency medical students. They get out of medical school and then they've got literally apartment buildings where they all kind of live to set up a yes. sort of a medical residency. So these people are working 12 hour shifts. They don't have time to go pick up dry cleaning. They don't have Smart. any time for anything. We're like, yes, those are our people. Right. And, and that that has been really exciting. So yeah. that's another thing that, that lends itself to us developing a market. Right on. I, I didn't think of that. That's that's brilliant. I'm thinking about there's a large hospital in our city, Milwaukee, uh, Freightert, and they have campuses that are with nurses, doctors, everybody involved. And what you have there is a huge community that's super busy. They can't run errands and they have uh, consistent paychecks. <laughs> that's key. So that's what you're looking for. That's another great example of a target audience. Exactly. Same problem in Seattle with, um, yeah. you know, GoDaddy's, your Microsoft and so forth. And then the tech guys, they don't have enough time to do their own dry cleaning. So just assume here we go. Right. Yeah. yeah. And how many employees in the business today? Um, as a team, we have tw just shy of 25 as a Swiftly team. Um, and that's dotted around North America. That's myself, Paul, Kevin, uh, Gerald and so forth. And in various creative facets, but the more creative and tech, than sales. So sales kind of sells itself. The product kind of not sells itself, but sells itself sure. through market. So we don't do heavy bids there. If you won't get a cold call from someone trying to get you a meeting or whatever, but we do it organically. And fortunately for us, we've had some ambassadors like Paul mentioned who, you know, have just wanted to support us through the process. And as you mentioned, you know, um, I did a podcast a few months ago um, with a local comedian and um, just so happens he's a former firefighter, now a paramedic and same issue, constant paychecks in the hospitals and nowhere to kind of do these, just 
getting a, a decent meal because they're on a late shift. We don't do hot yeah. food, but we service everything else. Um, and these introductions are like gold. Yes, yes, that's that's great. I was going to say you're you're at about 25 employees, and your projected revenue is just in Ohio, or I think you said earlier 2.5 to 3 million somewhere in there for the yeah. year. Yeah, that's solid for just uh, 25 employees. Great work. Um, and how many how many drivers? Um, in Ohio right now, we have on the books, uh, I think we're at 72. Just 70, 72, got it. 72. And we're, we're very, very fresh to the market. The goal is is probably to quadruple that. But it's again, it's not just having drivers in the books, it's having activity. So it's not just, well, you know, we can sign up 1,100 drivers. That's not a problem. We can sign up those drivers, it's not a problem. But it's... Yeah who's doing business with us. We don't want dormant drivers. And that's one thing we learned in the first rendition of Swiftly is we had a fleet of 292, but we need to give them consistent work. And how we won that fleet was, um, if you look at the, some of the ride businesses, they're not always giving their drivers work. So they're now dormant. And so we come in and say, right, hey, when you don't pick up passengers, please go and deliver this package or go and pick up this mm -hmm. parcel. And that was the conversation. And that's the same model that we're following out in North America as well. Sure. What I could see happening, that huge inflection point is going to be, you're, you're going to hit something big, whether it's in the senior living care space, whether it's a large corporation like a Microsoft or GoDaddy or a Netflix yeah. or whatever, or a hospital system. And then you're going to be known for serving that niche. And then it's lights out because the other yeah. businesses like them are going to be calling you. I heard you did this for that company. We want the same thing. Exactly, which is a problem. We I won't say it's a problem that we're trying to avoid, but it's a problem that we <laughs> we, we want to have and don't want to have because we want to serve the people. So I mean, yes. if it's medical supplies, we build a medical fleet. If it's I get it, and you know, we, we're not trying to invent reinvent the wheel here, uh, yeah. Sean. There's a lot of joint ventures. You know, we've got a lot of partners in play here as well that have been in business that may not have the traction that we have or the network that we have so they can tap into ours and we tap into theirs and it's all about sharing and growth yeah right on cool all right let's dive into the rapid fire round um, i'm going to kind of bounce questions back and forth between the two of you let's start with you cameron what is your favorite podcast there's too many there's too many but i actually like um the ed milet podcast i like yeah. ed milet show i mean he um He's kind of like my foundation and the kind of inspiration to build it swiftly. Yeah, I think I've had one or two people mention him before. Um, Paul, how about you? Uh, I'm a big fan of Alex Hormozzi. Um, I yeah. just find that his business development stuff and just the the work ethic that he promotes is uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he's a good marketer. I uh, will say yeah. that for sure. All right, back mm -hmm. to you, Cameron. What is a recent book you read and would recommend? I literally just bought the... 48 laws of power and it's i'm still reading it um, okay my favorite of all time one of my favorite of all time books is the alchemist and it's just the way he wrote that book takes you on a journey and it's so inspirational and always refer to it that you know any dream is possible and it just kind of um if you're building a business you need to read that book right it's on. not it's related but it just inspires you to follow your dreams right on Paul, how about you? Favorite book or recent book you read? Uh, I keep one I've got literally in the room with me that I keep just going back to are Tools of the Titans, uh, Tim Ferriss. It's just, I mean, it's 
it, it literally you can open it up like you, you you can wake up in the morning, have a cup of coffee, just crack it open. You'll get something out of it every single time. And so a lot of times it'll be that repetition that'll help you sort of develop a good habit. I really recommend. As yeah. far as as far as uh I love reading fiction. Um, but I read a lot of like music history books. I just got done with uh the Dr. John biography, and it's about an iconic 70s musician who came out of New Orleans and boy, is it grimy and dirty. And you just, if nothing else, you'll be thankful that you have a normal life. <laughs> <laughs> the life of a musician is never glamorous. Oh my God. I mean, the guy's been shot. He shot his finger off. He's been to prison. It's just, I mean, oh, it just, it doesn't stop. And, and it, but it ends on a nice high note and you, you get to feel good at the end of the, at end of the book. That's awesome. Yeah, under a hoodoo moon. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, the circle back here, audience, Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss, highly recommend. It's one of those books where Tim interviewed all these different people, whether it's it's somebody in business, uh, there's movie stars, Arnold Schwarzenegger I know is in there. Um, one of my favorites in there was Jocko Willink, the Navy SEAL. That case, like yep. all the things, the compressed knowledge you can you learn through that book is impressive. And that's kind of like going back to what you guys do with those events is how many people can we meet in the shortest amount of time? That book is how much can I learn in the shortest amount? It's like compressing all this wisdom into one awesome book. I totally and, agree. Yeah, and you look at it on the shelf and you see it and you could be it really intimidated. It's but <laughs> just think of it as like, Going to the Costco of knowledge, you know, I mean, totally. yeah, you're going to get, yeah, like a shrink wrapped worth of something, but it's little bits and pieces. It's each, each thing is two or three pages. You can knock it off while you have your coffee in the morning. I really encourage people to check it out. Sure. Okay. Great. Um, and Paul, I think you should add who moved my cheese onto that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. And it's been a while on that one, but yeah, yeah one. I think I read that yeah. one a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I've got two more questions for each of you. I've got a fun one here. I'm a total movie nerd. Cameron, what is your favorite movie? Oh, there's so many. I, I love action. I'm a my favorite all time movie, to be honest, is is Grease. Really? Okay. Grease. John Travolta, yeah. Yeah. John, he's my guy. But I like most Travolta movies, you know. So um, but Greece is like one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, that nobody's mentioned that before. On uh, see a unique one. We know something new about you here. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to be Danny Zuko. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> right, right on. All right, Paul, how about you? Uh, you know, that's I have some sentimental favorites. Uh, um, the one I never, I literally cannot pass up without watching some of it is The Big Lebowski. I, I just can't stop. And, you know, anybody who knows that movie, you say you say things from the it's part of like, obviously, you're not a golfer. You know, it's just it's part of your life. My other big ones are Apocalypse Now, Blade Runner. Um, mm. Another sentimental favorite that I really put, if you're going to talk a specific genre of film, The Last Waltz by Martin Scorsese. Big music fan. And that hands down is the one of the best no, it's the best music documentary ever made. Uh, the okay. second one stopped making sense. Uh, but um, but Last Waltz captures a moment in time that has pathos. It has happiness. It has joy. It has super memorable performances of iconic musicians. And uh, I just love it. 
And drama. Oh boy, it had drama. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've never seen yeah, it, but yeah. knowing Scorsese, it's yeah, nailed it. He's very good. It's actually locked off and he snuck it. The drama comes, it's all behind the scenes. And he locked he was making a movie and he was contractually forbidden to make any other movie while he was making this movie. He made it secretly. So there's that. He could have gotten himself fired. And then the other part was he he got Muddy Waters to be in it. And up until Muddy Waters and Bob Dylan stepped on the stage, they didn't know whether they were going to be in it. And all of a sudden, Muddy Waters is coming, and there's only one camera with film in it. So in that particular shot, in that particular segment, it's one shot, and that's all they got. I love that. So it's drama. Cool story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah. This is this is Paul's forte. So you're speaking to his language right now. This, oh, this is, is this is what I love. This is the guy <laughs> who sees Ohio as a tourist destination. Rock and roll Hall of Fame, baby. <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah. Well, no, guys, I really enjoyed having you on the show. A little tag team effort here. Appreciate the insight about your business. Really cool business model. Um, talking, there's this tech component mixed with cars. Um, kind of this hybrid play. I think you guys are really onto something here. But Cameron, why don't you let the audience know where can they reach you? Uh, www.swiftlyteam.com. Uh, that's the URL. And um, if you ever want to drop me an email, Cameron at swiftlyteam.com. Awesome. All right. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for your time. We'll see ya. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having us. I'd like to say thank you for checking out this podcast. I know there's a lot of other podcasts you could be listening to, so thanks for spending some time with me. Also, if you have a moment, could you please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review? The more reviews we get, the more Apple will share this podcast with the world. So thanks for doing that. And last thing, if you do hear any stocks mentioned on this podcast, please keep in mind, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please do not make a buy or sell decision based solely on what you hear. All right. Thanks for your time. We'll talk to you later. See ya.